0: Hello and welcome to episode number three of the TBC Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Esch. It is Wednesday, March 1st. I know kind of a curveball here. I apologize. A little bit of a delay uh, due to KCAC men's basketball tournament final, which I was covering for the Collegian. As a reminder, you can find this show on the website, collegian.bethelks.edu, or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Bethel Collegian, and on Facebook at The Bethel Collegian. Once again, thank you to KBCU FM 88.1, our friends over at the official uh, student-run radio station of Bethel College for this hosting space, giving you, the listener, the best product we can. And with that, let's jump straight in to the Collegian ticker. Starting off with the news, the Student Government Association, or SGA, has announced a schedule for this spring's elections. Presidential elections will take place on March 27th through 28th, and the Senate elections on April 10th through 11th. Residence Life has announced a 100% increase in single-room housing, even for those with the mental and emotional support accommodation. Our own news writer Lauren McCreary will be joining the show later to go over a story she wrote that can be found on the news section of the website. Brad Schwartz has resigned from his position in the music department. A story from our own Darius Pamplin is on the news section of the website. Moving over into entertainment, a reminder that the spring show, Tick, Tick, Boom, is scheduled for March 24th through 26th in Krebel Auditorium. There's currently a movie version available on Netflix, and if you can listen to episode two of this show, I spoke with entertainment editor Allison Weaver about all the changes that show was undergone ahead of the premiere. Over spring break, the Bethel Concert Choir will be touring the Midwest. A story from Tristan England is on the entertainment section of the website. Best Local Businesses and Restaurants, a comprehensive list from our own Rebecca Schlosser, entertainment writer, is also available on the website. Now going into sports, on Monday night, the Bethel men's basketball team fell to Southwestern in the KCAC tournament final by a score of 83-74. Head coach Jason Artaz will be joining the show in a bit to talk more about that and more. Cheer places second, dance third at the KCAC championships in Wichita on February 17th. A story from Jenna Mahoney is available on the sports section of the website. Four members of the indoor track team will be taking on national soon. Read how they got there in a story from Jordan Twinter on the website. If you would like your Bethel or community event or news announced on the Collegian ticker, email collegian at BethelKS.edu or DM us on Twitter or Instagram. First up on the TBC podcast, we have news writer Lauren McCreary joining the show. Lauren, thank you for joining.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, your history with the Collegian. Just let them know who, you're, uh, who they're listening to right now.
1: All right, so my name is Laura McCreary. I'm currently a junior here at Bethel. I joined the Collegian whenever I was a s- actually freshman, second semester of freshman year. Uh, my first year advisor, he got me to join, and so ever since then, I have been writing for the Collegian. I am currently the news writer, and yeah, that's about it.
0: Absolutely. So on February 25th, uh, you completed a, a pretty long story that required some patience uh, about uh, residents' life. Uh, they sent out an email, uh, pretty much announcing that there was a 100% increase in single room cost uh, across all living spaces, and a 25% reduction in uh, in, in financial aid uh, for commuters. Mm-hmm. Um, so first question I wanted to ask you about that is what did the process look like for you uh in setting up interviews for this story, especially one that had so many eyes on it going in?
1: Yes, so um first of all, I wanted to get a gen like a genuine, general understanding of what all this means without being biased about it because I know a lot of students had a lot of opinions on it, and so I- I just went in, and I was like, well, we know that Shawana is one that's in charge. And so I had emailed Shawana Gonzalez, the coordinator of Residence Life and Student Life Operations, Jaina Berthoff, who is the VP for Student Business and Finance, and then Larry Rice, who is the coordinator of Resident Life, and Dr. Heidi Hotkinson, vice president for enrollment and management. And I also did reach out to Dr. Mimi, but she did not respond. Or she did respond, but she didn't have enough time, so... Yeah, we put that for later because I had just um, interviewed her for another story. So we saved that for later. And so I emailed them, just saw like different departments on campus because um, Shawana had mentioned that there were different departments at Bethel who go into these policy changes and these decisions. And so she wanted me to reach out to make sure I knew all sides before I Mm -hmm. came out with the story.
0: Right. And so... As you were talking to these people, having these conversations, uh, what were some of the things that you learned about about this subject, especially, you know, both short term and long term plans uh, for the school or general ramifications of this change? Um, as you gathered that information, what are some of the key moments from that?
1: Um, so a lot of things that I like really took note of is that this is policy. Nobody wants to do this. This is um, policy that we've had in the handbooks for a while now that students may not have known pre-COVID because of the pandemic. We had to go to being more relaxed on these policies due to, like, student comfort and just different things going on with that. And so I definitely know that policy was a huge thing, and especially the inflation in the the economy today that played a role in these rising costs. Right.
0: And, you know, you talked about uh, like stuff being in the handbook just enforcing that policy. I know we had a story from last semester about the consolidation process. Mm-hmm. Um kind of I know this isn't, you know, kind of off script here, but what kind of a role did you hear the word uh, consolidation in your interviews? Uh, talking to people about this for this story?
1: A lot. Consolidation came up quite a bit, especially dealing with the single room because they want to have enough space for everyone to live on campus. Uh, Shawana also mentioned how this is a res- residential college, so they want a lot of students to live if not all and so um, consolidating in order to have enough rooms for every student on campus that's what we had to do is we have to consolidate we have to choose because you are paying for the space you live in and so if you choose not to have a roommate then like you're gonna pay the whole cost for that space
0: right and it's been interesting to see how they're starting to roll this out post-covid as as those restrictions kind of get lifted um, so this news in particular Uh, This email, I I know firsthand, this hit a lot of students kind of, you know, directly. Mm -hmm. Um, What were you kind of hearing from students? You said a lot of them had reactions to this. Kind of what was the general feeling among Bethel students regarding this change?
1: I think a lot of students were upset because being so close to the housing lottery, knowing that the costs are going up and you were not prepared for that until, what was it, two, three weeks before. And so I think a lot of students just did not know how to process that. And I think it was just something kind of we felt like thrown at us. And so, I mean, it has been sent in previous emails. And I think that's something that people kind of missed is that we kind of knew the information before, but not to the specificity of... Who it reached. So
0: Right. And there had been a string of emails sent out by Residents Life. Uh Larry Rice, Shawana, Shawana Gonzalez about uh price increases in other areas mm-hmm. uh, such as Voth Hall, had the the premium uh, yes. go up for living in Voth Hall. Um so what were some quotes that were shared with you that stuck out to you? Like when some when some when this person said this, it was like, Oh, like that's that's new information or that's something that needs to be pointed out.
1: Um so, after I sent that tweet out, so that was part of the process earlier too, was asking students, parents, and then eventually faculty who would reach out um, on comments and concerns, I had Jennifer Chapel Deckert, who is the social work professor here. she sent me a bunch of information actually about. Anxiety and how students, this may be their only way of accommodating that mental health concern. And a lot of people don't show it. And the way that they can get help is through this accommodation. And so um, I think that's a lot of new information, especially quoting, was from her and her concern for students. And she talked about how um, this process should never impinge on their privacy or dignity as a worthy and valuable member of our community. And then Shawana saying that you know, this is just policy, you're paying for space, regardless of the accommodation or not. And she said, that's probably not the answer pe- that people want, but it's the answer. And so I feel like that's just kind of strong, you know, like, man, uh, we have all these people who are coming out and saying this in two different views, but it's the answer, like, this is what we have to do. Um, and then just knowing that, you uh, For students that need accommodation so that they can have the space, it's not for the room to be cheaper. And the housing accommodation will still be accommodated if the space is available, just not at a discounted rate. And so that's another thing that kind of changed this year is all the students who have been here um, since 2020 and the COVID rules, it's just kind of, it's just way different than what we're used to. And I think that's what a lot of students are struggling with now is that this is not what we're used to. And so changing to these, policies that were set in place before and getting used to that routine.
0: Right. And I also think, you know, on the cost, on on the, excuse me, on the topic of financials and the cost, and um, you talk about inflation, at the the end of the day, college, especially a private 450 student, you know, institution Mm -hmm. in central Kansas, it's a business, right? Mm -hmm. And so, if you, you know, all these accommodations, all these single room payers, uh, you know, it, it comes down, it gets to a point where either we need to consolidate or we need to build new, you know, build yes, more residence yes. halls.
1: And that's another interesting point is that Shawana also mentions that they're leaving ourselves to where there's some space to be able to have students return to campus if they would like to. And that she's already had a couple of students who are looking to return to campus. But my thoughts have been like in the past couple of years in the housing selection, I have been struggling to get a room for four people because of these housing accommodations. And so just kind of looking at do we have enough rooms on campus? And she strongly believes that we do according to the numbers, according to the rooms and the space available. We do. It's just consolidating and having people live with the required amount that we should be.
0: Right. And I think it's very different for us, for our class, Mm because we stepped on campus, I mean, right in the middle of the pandemic. Right. And so these are the first times that we're seeing these policies really be enforced. Um, So what else should students know about this subject? Uh, You you mentioned the housing lottery is coming up Mm -hmm. on March 19th, which happens to be, be my birthday. Unfortunately, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that'll be a great way to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are some things that, uh, you know, outside of this story or in this story that you want to highlight that students should know going into that?
1: Um, So students should know that they can still be accommodated for their needs, no matter what it may be. Their door is always open. Um, You do have to fill out a form that has to be approved. And then you'll talk to Dr. Mimi, who can either approve that or find another way of accommodating your need. Um, And that the policies are decided by multiple departments at Bethel and that these policies are in the handbook as listed in the email from Residence Life. So just understanding that there, you can't really blame just one person for this. And that it's kind of like it was so hard to be unbiased about this because you have people who are talking about mental health and then you have other people who – Or just saying man we need the money like this is policy too in space and so I guess just like knowing that there are ways to accommodate that and it's not just one set in stone way.
0: Right, and that's what made this article so tricky. I'm sure everybody has a valid argument, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thank you, Lauren, so much for for taking some time to shed light on a really important subject. I really enjoyed your story. Um, Again, took a lot of patience, uh, Mm -hmm. I think about a week and a half. uh, Yes,
1: and that was dealing with some people not wanting to talk about it. And I know that's like a hard thing because they didn't want backlash from a lot of people because they knew it was a very touchy subject. So, yeah.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much for, for writing that story, sharing that information and being able to talk to us on the podcast. Today. Yeah.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So next up on the TBC podcast, we have Bethel head men's basketball coach Jason Artaz joining. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, last night, a tough one against Southwestern in the KCAC tournament final. I uh, was able to catch up with you and uh, senior Cliff Bird uh, after the game. And you both talked about this team just not playing like itself. And you specifically pointed out that, you know, it was a lot of shades of the first half of this last season or this, this season. Um, so what, were you, what do you think were the contributing factors to that? Or did you see this, this performance coming in any way?
2: Uh, honestly, I didn't see this performance coming. I thought we had been, uh, really good about, you know, moving the ball and really good about taking, you know, having good shot selection and playing really well as a team. Um, and I think we got into the moment and it's one of those things and it's kind of how it was earlier in the season where when things went poorly, nobody really knew exactly, um, you know, to get how to get out of it other than I want to go fix this. And so everybody wanted to be a, a part of the solution. Um, but we didn't really do it as a team. And I thought that was our biggest issue in this game. And, and generally in the second half of the semester, it's like, well, we got down 12 against Southwestern at our place. Um, and we just kept doing what we were supposed to do. And we kept kept following the blueprint um, for winning. And and this time we kind of got away from that. We took some bad shots and we, you know, didn't didn't make good decisions. We didn't play as hard as we needed to do on the defensive end. And, and that was, like I said, very similar to the, the first semester. And so, um, frustrating. And I think it's a big game. It's one of those big games that everybody wants to win so bad that, that sometimes you just kind of get out of what you had done to be successful. So that was frustrating, but, but, uh, but it, it's a hard pill to swallow, but you know, it is what it is at this point.
0: Right. And then another thing that you noted uh, after the game was, you know, three freshmen uh, in the top eight scores of your team. And then you can also touch on the senior class here. How did this senior class uh, you know, Bryant Mankabie, Cliff Bird helped those guys become such an integral part of this team so quickly.
2: Uh, I think one, it, they were never threatened by the freshmen. I think a lot of times you might get upperclassmen that you see really talented freshmen come in, and your first thing is, oh, well, they might take my spot, or oh, they're going to take this from me. But but Cliff and Bryant, especially, are such you know team first guys and really took them under the wing because Cliff and Bryant have been guys that have been there. Uh, they've won championships they've gone in, on runs in the national tournament and so they know know what it takes to, to be successful and I think that really they were able to kind of show those young guys what that looks like. Uh, as a young player you don't know what college athletics is going to look like. it's a lot different than high school you know basketball specifically it's a lot more fast paced it's a lot more intense. Um, you know, you give a guy a couple feet of space and he's going to hit a three. In high school, you can get away with some of those things. And so, um, you know, they, they showed those freshmen you know, what, what is the expectation here. And, and Cliff and Brian are always super bought in, and I think that helped get our freshmen bought in. But they also hung out with them outside of, you know, basketball. They spent time with those guys. They created relationships, uh, which I think is vital to any program and making sure your upperclassmen – let the young guys know that, that they're the future. They're the future of what we do here. And, and Cliff and Bryant don't want to see Bethel basketball take a huge step back when it gets done. And so it is important for them to make sure those guys are, are understanding if there's one way to do things around here and, and making sure that they're bought in. So I think having those seniors was a huge difference maker and helped those young guys grow up quickly.
0: Absolutely. And then kind of just looking at the bigger picture here. So, you know, fifth season here at Bethel as the head coach, um, you know, you recorded your fourth consecutive twenty one win okay. season. Uh, can you just talk about the strides this program has taken since you took over in
2: 2018? Uh, honestly, we have had, you know, we've had some pretty big, uh, you know, big steps to, to go from where we started. I think, you know, Bethel had not had a winning season in almost 15 years uh, when we got here. And so, you know, we had a long ways to go. We knew that there was, it was going to be definitely a big challenge. It was going to be something that we were, excited about I think taking over Um, and honestly if you would have told me that we were going to be you know a top team in the conference and go to three KCAC championship games and all that kind of stuff um, I probably would have not believed a word you were saying uh, (laughs) at that point because we just hadn't had success in so long that it was difficult for us to um, even envision I think we just wanted to make sure that we had we had you know found guys that we could build our culture around, find guys that were able to do those things. And so getting that built to where it is now was really, really important for us for, for a couple different reasons. I mean, obviously I'm an alumni, so it's important there, but we wanted to have a team that people could be proud of uh, on Bethel's campus. We wanted to have a team that, you know, people could rally around, people could enjoy rooting for. Um, and so as that goes along, you got to get new guys that kind of can take up the mantle Um, for that and all that success we've been able to build over the course of those five years and um, we've been really fortunate to have good people and really good players and we think we've recruited now young guys that are ready to kind of take the next step and continue to help the program grow and, and move forward
0: for sure. For sure. And now, you know, your team is awaiting a potential NAI at large bid. I saw the Twitter post today, you know, may we have this dance. <laughs> it's, it's yep. awfully strong. Uh, but let's quickly touch on next year's squad, you know, looking a little bit ahead. What are some things that Bethel fans should be excited about for 2023, 2024, especially with seven seniors graduating in this class?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, we have a, a lot of young guys that got some really important minutes this year. Um, you know, if you start looking at some of our, even starting with guys in our junior class, you got Jalen Todd, uh, Harper Jonas, those two guys made big strides. And I think JT probably had as, as big of improvement as anybody in our program this year, um, as, as far as where he started and where he finished up at the end of the year. I mean, he was a huge part of our second half run, and he was really a difference maker for, for us, and he'll be a senior next year. Uh Harper Jonas, who's been playing for a while, um, has a lot of experience. He's got to step up and, and kind of be the senior guy now. Nick Bonner is another junior um that, that has played some significant minutes for us. Uh Jared Richardson, you know, so our, our list of juniors that we're relying on and we've had good minutes from is really long. And so I think we've got an opportunity to be pretty senior heavy. Uh and I'm excited to see what kind of those guys can do now that they've had some time to to be role players and now kind of take the next step in the program. So I'm looking forward to that. I also think we have some really good young players. And we, you touched on our freshman um, earlier, but Carmelo Yakabu I think, is a phenomenal player. Um, and I think his improvement was tremendous over the course of the season. I mean, he had some games, some 20-point games. Um, for us, I mean, conference championship, I believe he had 19 or something like that um, and and put in a really good performance. But I think he's a guy that – by the time he leaves here, he's going to be in the discussion for you know conference player of the year type of things and 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 being there. So you know him alone right there gives us a really good freshman. We have Christian Whitaker, uh, who also gave us really good minutes down the stretch, and he was a big difference maker. His athleticism is second to none in the conference. Um, I think he almost averaged a dunk per game uh, after Christmas, which is always something fun to see. But as soon as he figures out. Um, how good he can be, I think the sky is the absolute limit. He's got to realize that, that you know, he needs to be more aggressive. You know, he, he can do some more things on the floor. And I think one good offseason where he really focuses in on some skill work and, and those kinds of things, I think you're going to see a massive, massive jump from him from his freshman to his sophomore year. So we're really excited about him. Um, we have Javen Hutton, who played a lot for us as well, um, who's a redshirt freshman, and uh, he is – literally you know a, a firework when he gets onto the floor and so him him coming in and making a lot of things happen And now he's got some things he's got to clean up in his game and like all these guys young guys do but but I think the the sky is the limit for him you know his natural ability is is crazy and so if he can get some skill work and get learn how to play a little more under control at times but but uh, I think if you look at our freshmen I think we have the best group of freshmen in the conference. And, and uh, I think the, the future is looking really, really good. I think next year, I mean, we're going to kind of be going in. I mean, we obviously lost Jalen the year before. Now we're going to be losing Cliff and Bryant off this next team. And so you're always, if you're really good, you should always be replacing good seniors. Um, and, and hopefully we've done a good enough job of stocking up on the young guys. And I think we're going to have some really good impact freshmen coming in as well. Um, and, and we'll kind of see how it goes and, and battle it out for some minutes and see if those guys can kind of find a way to get into the, the, the mix there. But, but I'm excited about the future. Our goal is to never have to take steps back. I think we always want to make sure that we're where everybody at Bethel can be proud of, of you know, our team and proud of who we are and enjoy watching our guys play and know that every single night we're going to compete super hard and we have a chance to win.
0: Absolutely, Coach. It's always a pleasure watching your teams play. Thank you so much uh, uh, for joining and being able to talk a little bit about your squad. And uh, let's hope for the best Thursday night.
2: (laughs) That sounds good. All right. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Thank you. you. And that'll do it for episode number three of the TBC Podcast. Once again, I'm your host and editor-in-chief of The Collegian, Brett Esch. Our next episode will be on Tuesday, March 14th. Once again, you can find us on collegian.bethelks.edu, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and we will see you back here next time.